If you're tired of these promos, supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv for the links to sign up. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of May 8, 2022. The podcast that 3D prints Rembrandt's. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's de-lionize the news of the bogus. So one question I get a lot is, why do I keep attacking the left? And the answer is simple. Because they keep being morons. If they just stop being stupid, whiny brats for five minutes, I just might have a chance to go against the right for something every now and then. As it is, they don't leave me with much else. Case in point, the absolute snitfit the internet has had, especially on the left, on the announcement that Elon Musk is buying Twitter to turn it into a true free speech platform. Musk said in a statement, quote, Free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy, and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots, and authenticating all humans. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. Personally, I'm not a fan of the authenticating all humans part. Anonymity is one of the greatest things about the internet. If he means automatic blue check marks for everyone who wants them, instead of being an exclusive club of elites, that's one thing. But to make everyone do it? There are privacy concerns there. But anyway, most of it's good, like the dedication to free speech, transparency, and open source. And the left went absolutely ape. Joe Biden, through his mouthpiece Jen Psaki, talked about the importance of government preventing the spread of misinformation, which has always worked out so well and has never been the subject of any dystopian novels. She said, quote, what I can tell you as a general matter, no matter who owns or runs Twitter, the president has long been concerned about the power of large social media platforms. What they, the power they have over our everyday lives, has long argued that tech platforms must be held accountable for the harms they cause. He has been a strong supporter of fundamental reforms to achieve that goal, including reforms to Section 230, enacting antitrust reforms, requiring more transparency, and more. CNN chief media correspondent Brian Stelter started screeching like a boomer at the young kids of today, quote, If you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom for everybody, do you actually want to go to that party? Uh, yes! Those are the fun parties! Maybe he's just ticked that he never got invited to those. According to New York Times reporter Talman Joseph Smith, internal communications went, quote, absolutely insane. One Twitter employee told the Times, quote, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I really don't want to work for a company that is owned by Elon Musk. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Oh my God, my phone's been blowing up. I feel like he's this petulant little boy and that he's doing this to troll. He doesn't know anything about our policies and what we do. His statement about our algorithm was effing insane. We're just gonna let everyone run amok? Nobody knows. 
Another employee wrote in a now-deleted tweet that they were, quote, in need of a stiff drink. Another Twitter employee wrote on Blind, quote, Musk is dishonest, clueless, and mentally ill. Another even bashed his fellow employees who supported the move, saying, quote, Elon fanboys are brain-dead mouth-breathers. In fact, the company had to lock out its employees from making changes to Twitter's source code to prevent them from sabotaging the platform from the inside. So, yeah, we're seeing the minds behind all the decision-making we've been subjected to. But it should be said, some were more optimistic, like one who told the Washington Post, quote, Elon did not tie up 20% of his net worth to destroy Twitter. I personally think a change like this may be what Twitter needs. And even CEO Jack Dorsey tweeted, In principle, I don't believe anyone should own or run Twitter. It wants to be a public good at a protocol level, not a company. Solving for the problem of it being a company, however, Elon is the singular solution I trust. I trust his mission to extend the light of consciousness. Going back to the dumb employees, I want to focus on one who said, quote, $50 billion spent on a social media site when people are starving to death. It's actually $44 billion, but come on! Isn't that a drop in the bucket compared to what your wonderful government is spending completely uselessly? Anyway, I wanted to bring that up to shut people up from saying that once and for all. In capitalist countries, people simply do not starve. It's only in socialist countries like Venezuela where you see that. In capitalist countries, if anything, the poor have an obesity problem. And this study I'm looking at shows that it's not even a problem for the homeless. This is something they call the hunger-obesity paradox. Now, the study uses BMI, which is a bogus metric for obesity, as I've covered numerous times, but it's actually not so bad as a comparative if there's anything to the claims of the spoiled socialist brats about capitalism making people starve, we should at least see a lower BMI in the homeless population. Spoiler alert, we don't. The 2012 study published in the Journal of Urban Health found, quote, Among 5,632 homeless adults, the mean BMI was 28.4, compared to mean BMI in the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey of 28.6, the difference was not significant in unadjusted analysis. Adjusted analyses predicting BMI, or likelihood of obesity, also showed that the homeless had a weight distribution not statistically different from the general population. Although underweight has been traditionally associated with homelessness, this study suggests that obesity may be the new malnutrition of the homeless in the United States. So knock it off already! By the way, morons, billionaires already control social media. They have always controlled social media. You're just pitching a hissy fit because it's not one of your billionaires this time. If you're looking for a way to support this channel, but you don't have any spare cash and you can't stand ads, you can do so by generating your own cryptocurrency. Use the links at the bottom of the description to follow the link to odyssey.com to listen to the podcast and see all of my YouTube videos as well. Just watching videos will produce cryptocurrency for the creator and yourself. And since Odyssey is always monetized and never censored, you'll have no problem seeing all the videos from your favorite creators. 
You can also use the library credits you created Odyssey to tip creators and even purchase paid content. Earn library credits through various rewards, including daily view rewards and the number of shares and invites. And you can interact with creators in all sorts of ways, including like and dislike, comment, boost a post by supporting it, repost it, and share to other sites, all while earning crypto for the creator. Easily monetize yourself and your favorite creators using cryptocurrency without advertising. Use the link below to visit this channel on odyssey.com and see many of your other favorites there as well. The other thing that the left has been screeching about is the big nothing burger of a leak from the Supreme Court that supposedly means they'll overturn Roe v. Wade. The thing is, even if the leak is legit, which it seems to be, it doesn't really mean much. It's a preliminary opinion written by Justice Alito. It's extremely rare for a draft opinion to be leaked to the public. It was done by an unknown person with unknown motives. Depending on the political persuasion of who you talk to, it's either a heroic liberal bravely warning the public of impending doom, a lefty egregiously panicking the public to boost popularity for the Democrats, a heroic conservative showing the world that sanity shall reign once again, or a right-winger egregiously using the opinion to boost popularity of the Republicans. The draft is about the pending case of Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization concerning a Mississippi law banning abortions after 15 weeks, except in cases of medical emergency or severe abnormalities. It would appear to violate Roe, since the decision said that states could only restrict abortions after viability. The problem is, they gave no definition or even guidance as to how viability is to be determined. Alito's draft is written as a majority opinion, but it's far from a done deal. Drafts, votes, and opinions change all the time between the initial vote after oral argument and the final decision. Judges read each other's opinions and become convinced to change their vote or otherwise revise their opinions. The draft may not even represent Alito's final opinion on the matter. You don't have a decision until you have a decision. But more than that, we're seeing the same fallacies about the role of the Supreme Court and the Constitution. The losing side always claims that the court's decision is undemocratic and judicial tyranny when it overturns a law, which of course represents the will of the majority, or when it supports the law, it's an attack on fundamental rights and the court has failed to protect vulnerable individuals from those horrible politicians, all of whom are, of course, on the other side. Here's the fact of the matter. The Supreme Court is, by design, anti-democratic. Our founders didn't want a democracy. Democracy is a form of tyranny. Our rights don't cease to exist just because we're outnumbered. So the Supreme Court is created by the Constitution as a check on majorities that demand unjust laws that deprive individual rights. And the Bill of Rights is a fundamentally anti-democratic and anti-majoritarian document. It actively prevents majorities and powerful political interests from infringing on the rights of minorities and individuals. So whether the court is protecting our rights or propping up the despotic actions of an out-of-control government depends only on whether or not the decision is consistent with or contrary to rights guaranteed by the Constitution. So it's weird when lefties screech that this draft decision is undemocratic when it was unelected judges who made the initial decision overturning laws put in place by democratically elected legislatures. 
And it's also weird that this draft would be upholding the legislative act of democratically elected state legislators. It was also weird when Walid Saheed, as part of the left's vociferous opposition to this not-yet-a-decision, posted a quote from Abraham Lincoln saying, quote, If the policy of the government upon vital questions affecting the whole people is to be irrevocably fixed by decisions of the Supreme Court, the people will have ceased to be their own rulers. Lincoln went on to say, having, to that extent, practically resigned their government into the hands of that eminent tribunal. Why would that be a defense of Roe when Lincoln was warning against exactly what the Supreme Court did in Roe? And Alito's draft, if it does end up being the decision, wouldn't even ban abortions. It would simply remove the question of viability from the purview of the judiciary to the state legislatures where, by the principles of democracy, which the left keeps claiming to uphold, it belongs. By the way, it doesn't seem like this decision would do anything to overturn Casey v. Planned Parenthood, which always seems to get forgotten somehow. Not only that, but of course the left is screeching that this is a horrible attack on women by men who can't get pregnant. And now, all of a sudden, there's a biological difference between men and women. Go figure. They're also screeching that men shouldn't be allowed to make these decisions concerning women, which is interesting because both Roe and Casey were decided by men. Anyway, you want to defend Roe? Here's the only way that makes sense. This country is not a democracy. This country does not bow to the majority. The Bill of Rights strips these majorities of their right to enact laws restricting individual rights. Roe itself was one gigantic middle finger to majoritarians and the democratic process. And it was all the better for it. If you're on the Wi-Fi in the coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home. And don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. One big way of helping with the cost of rent and utilities, especially when you're young and just getting started out, is to have a roommate. I once was able to afford a much nicer apartment than I otherwise would because I had two roommates, which worked well until I got a steady girlfriend and moved in with her. But if the city of Shawnee, Kansas has its way, that'll be a thing of the past. They just voted unanimously to ban roommates in single-family homes. It defines co-living as at least four adults, at least one of whom is unrelated to another. So a parent living with two grown children, or three siblings or something like that, couldn't get a roommate to help with costs. Because of all the complaints from... absolutely no one. 
They claimed, quote, City staff received input and concerns from residents and city council members regarding a relatively new trend where single-family homes are being purchased and converted into rental units with multiple individual tenants. In this arrangement, individual tenants have leases of varying lengths, have separate secured access to their rooms, and often do not know or have relationships with the others who are also occupying the same single-family dwelling. So, a relatively new trend that's as old as the hills. I guess no more Cunninghams renting the room above their garage to Fonzie. This comes after a 37% increase in housing costs in Johnson County between 2017 and 2021, including an 11.4% increase in rent since 2019, an increase that was not met by a comparable increase in wages. So let's think about this. When Heather and I first got together, she moved in with her two daughters, and I still had my two children. If we rented instead of owned, and we were in Shawnee, would we have run afoul of this law? Shawnee's experience isn't atypical from what's been happening all over the country. Housing costs rising faster than wages, with more and more people getting roommates and housemates to split costs. I guess it's one more case of ivory tower politicians passing laws that hurt the poor so they can brag to their constituents that they did something. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now it's time to castellate this week's biggest bogani emitter. The U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York has continually shown itself to be a hotbed of political corruption, making decisions that have nothing to do with justice and everything to do with favoring their political cronies and those on their political team. Case in point, a recent decision they made specifically giving orders to every ISP in the country, whether they're involved in the suit or not. It's been more than a decade after public outcry stopped SOPA from requiring ISPs to block the entire domain of websites where a single page was even asserted to have infringing content. Now, the SDNY just gone and done it themselves, legislating the requirement to every ISP in the country. As I explained earlier, this is not what the court is supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be a check on the excesses of the government, not go along with them, and certainly not do it themselves when Congress decided not to. It began when movie mogul Moshe Ettery threatened MasterCard, Visa, and American Express because they provided payments to three sites he claimed were streaming pirated content. He said that the companies must be aware that the sites are infringing, 
and by doing business with them, they're just as guilty. Even though Section 230 doesn't apply to copyrighted content, this still goes against practically every principle of common law. But that didn't stop judgments in three separate copyright lawsuits. Even though the lawsuits themselves were fairly typical, seeking damages and an injunction against future infringement, and resulted in plaintiffs winning almost $23 million in damages, the injunctions are as unprecedented as they are unconstitutional. The SDNY ruled, quote, It is further ordered that all ISPs and any other ISPs providing services in the United States shall block access to the website at any domain address known today or to be used in the future by the defendants by any technological means available on the ISP systems. The domain addresses in any newly detected websites shall be channeled in such a way that users will be unable to connect and or use the website and will be diverted by the ISP's DNS servers to a landing page operated and controlled by plaintiffs. In other words, they're demanding filtering and site-wide blocks. And although they listed many ISPs in their judgment, they made it clear that it applied to all ISPs in the U.S. and any foreign ISPs providing services in the U.S. The landing page for the blocked sites includes the words, If you were harmed in any way by the court's decision, you may file a motion in the federal court in the Southern District of New York in the above case. This is the first time anything even remotely like this has been required in the U.S. It also applies to third-party DNS providers like Cloudflare and Namecheap. They ordered all domain registrars to transfer the domain names over to the plaintiffs and extend the ruling to web hosts, CDNs, VPN providers, web designers, and even advertisers, again, regardless of whether or not they were a party to the suit. Even financial institutions face bans on doing business with the site operators, including PayPal, banks, and other payment providers. By the way, the operators aren't named in the suit since nobody really knows who they are. So I guess you can't do business with anybody just to be on the safe side. On top of this horrible ruling, plaintiffs also get to conduct additional discovery against anyone else they believe to be connected to the infringing sites or their operators, an open-ended action that should never have been allowed even of investigators, let alone private companies. Meanwhile, the total amount of piracy this decision has stopped is precisely zero. We'll have to see if any ISPs in the U.S. contest the ruling or what happens if they refuse to comply with it. It's flabbergasting that the SDNY thinks they have anything remotely resembling jurisdiction to do this. So all of that makes the Southern District of New York this week's biggest bogani matter. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one -on -one customer service. 
Go to Firmu, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's firmu.bogosity.tv. And now let's simulate this week's Idiot Extraordinary. And more hissy fits are pitched, this time by Hollywood, who suspended all movie releases in Russia in protest of the Russo-Ukrainian War, and then screeched in unbelief as Russian cinemas started showing pirated versions. How any of that was supposed to inhibit Putin's ability to wage war remains completely unexplained. But I guess they thought it would just be absolutely demoralizing if Russians couldn't see the Batman. And then theaters there started showing it anyway. The Russian Association of Cinema Owners, who represents 700 cinemas and 2,600 screens, said, quote, we express concern about the high probability of liquidation of the entire film industry in the country in the context of the introduction of large-scale and unprecedented sanctions by a number of states against the Russian Federation, including those directly related to cinemas. Yeah, like, what do cinemas have to do with the war anyway? Are Ukrainians being pelted with film cans? Are Russians using projector lenses to focus the sun on them and burn them like ants? Quote, Unfortunately, the quantity and quality of Russian films released to the public does not meet the full demand of cinemas for content. In addition, the release of some Russian films, for reasons unknown to us, has been postponed from the next dates or completely canceled, despite the fact that these films received state support for production. In other words, we totally suck at making movies, so we really need all these films from Hollywood. So, facing an 80% loss in revenue... Many cinemas in several different regions started showing pirated copies of The Batman, Pixar's I'm Blushing, and Netflix's Don't Look Up. Tickets are around 500 rubles, which is about 7 bucks. Pretty good considering they didn't actually have to pay for the movies. They're even showing Netflix's action movie Red Notice, which wasn't even released in cinemas. They apparently obtained the movies from an unnamed torrent site, which was even able to provide them with a Russian dub. The cinemas claim that they're not actually screening the movies. Instead, they're private events organized by companies who are renting its screens. Technically, this activity is a breach of Russian copyright law, but it'll be interesting to see what Hollywood's response is going to be. After all, when you decide to cut off an entire country from your product, you don't get to whine that you're losing money you were never going to make to begin with. When are they going to learn that information wants to be free? So all of that makes Hollywood this week's Idiot Extraordinary. Well, that wraps up this. I don't see a point in the theater. All that sex and violence. I get enough of that at home. Except for the sex, of course. Edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to donate.bogosity.tv for several ways to support and discord.bogosity.tv to join the discussion. Subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar and you can listen early and ad-free. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Pat Condell. The free exchange of opinion and information is the very lifeblood of the society to which you owe everything you have. It's the oxygen that gives us clarity and strength. Restricting it is like closing down synapses in the collective brain. It's an act of sabotage, 
and nobody has the right to do it any more than they have the right to arbitrarily ration water or air. No judge, no politician, no police officer, and certainly no braying mob of sanctimonious, privileged, middle-class, left-wing students who think they know best for everyone. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial or Derivatives 4.0 International License. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now.